Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology. My name is Luke Saint, and today I want to talk about martyrdom. A few months ago, I addressed a video in which a man was coming to the defense of gun control and uh, kind of uh, glorifying martyrdom uh, kind of a little bit further than I believe he should have. And I I talked mostly in that video uh, about uh, gun control and and things of that order, but uh, I didn't really – I talked about martyrdom a little bit. I want to address it a little bit more today because I think there's this dangerous presupposition floating out there in the ether – um, with many Christians, uh, and this is in no small part thanks to Hollywood, uh, I believe, and also to the Catholic Church, in, in my opinion, but uh, there's, this, there's this presupposition wandering out, uh, around out there that, that martyrdom is kind of like this, this great thing, this, this wonderful thing to do, and uh, it, it's kind of it's romanticized. Uh, largely in part by Hollywood, and I think by a lot of Christians. When you when you talk to some people, they kind of treat martyrdom as you know this this great thing. Well, I, there are, every now and then Hollywood does get it right, and it treats martyrdom uh, the way it should be treated. And uh, I would like to bring to your attention, uh, you know, some examples. And, and, and a harsh reality, the, the harsh reality behind martyrdom. When I, when I want to summarize the view of, of many Christians and many religious people in this nation, they, they view martyrdom with this romanticized approach that where it, you know, one of two outcomes is going to happen. One is you're going to be paraded in front of everybody and you're going to give this big speech as you go out in a quote-unquote blaze of glory, and everyone is affected by your big speech, and, uh, you know, a lot of people regret it, and, you know, you know, people think twice about, you know, killing you or whatever, and then you, and then you, you know, you go out a blaze of glory, and, you know, everyone's like, wow, you know, that was amazing, you know, they, they, they think that's option A, or they think it's uh, option B, which, whereas you don't say really anything, but the people are looking on, and they know you're innocent, but they got to do this because someone's making them, and they're really sorry about it, and and, you know, kind of like the Green Mile where, you know, John Coffey was killed, but they, they had to do it, but they knew he was innocent. And everyone was like really sad, big emotional thing. The reality is much different, uh, historically speaking. Um, I, I want to play just a small clip for you uh, from uh, one of my favorite movies from Gladiator. Uh, it's Proximo addressing his gladiators for the first time. Here it is. I am Proximo. I shall be closer to you for the next few days, which will be the last of your miserable lives, than that bitch of a mother that brought you screaming into this world. I did not pay good money for you for your company. I paid it so that I could profit from your death. And as your mother was there at your beginning, so I shall be there at your end. And when you die, and die you shall, your transition shall be to the sound of... Gladiators, I salute you. Now, the point he makes here is that when you die, it's not going to be this big tragic moment. It's going to be 
uh, a moment of small pleasure for people, uh, for the onlookers, for the audience. It's going to be just a flash in the pan. You're you're here to die so that I can profit uh, from your death. And when you die, it's not going to be around loved ones. It's going to be around people applauding your death. And they're not going to be applauding because you died heroically. They're going to be applauding because for them it's cheap entertainment. And my friends, if that is the definition the best definition of martyrdom for Christianity that I can give you that that Hollywood has put forth, and that that's pretty much it right there. That, but he pretty much summed up martyrdom in in Christianity. I'm telling you, a lot of people look at this like, oh, you know, like when it comes time to get persecuted, you know, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory, and everyone's going to look at me and be like, wow, whoa, or I'm going to be written in the history books as some sort of great person. The truth is, the truth is quite the opposite. There are so many martyrs. Uh, you know, that outweigh the people that we know. There are so many martyrs that have just died in cold, dark rooms, without family, without friends, without even knowing why they're there, um, you know, with with absolutely no uh, romanticism involved at all. They they died. Some people starved to death. Uh, you know, I mean, look at the Christians in China. They, I mean, they get persecuted. Sometimes they just get taken to a room and just shot, and your friends and family are just left wondering what happened to you and they never see you again. That That's real martyrdom right there. That That is martyrdom. Uh, his, that's historic martyrdom, you know. Uh, you know, Fox's Book of Martyrs. He, a lot of them, he records, but the majority, we just have no idea what happened to them. You know, there's so many martyrs out there, we have no idea what happened to them because they died without anybody knowing it, without anybody, uh, most most of the time, without anybody caring. You know, when you, if if you know, we're already getting persecuted in this nation. If you s- speak up for Christianity, true Christianity. The, the martyrdom pretty much the persecution starts almost instantaneously instantaneously depending on where you are and I've seen people out there on the streets um, whether they're protesting whether they're just um, you know handing out uh, uh, gospel tracts or whether they're uh, street preaching the pagans celebrate your demise they uh, you know for example someone might come up with a, a car and start blaring music over you and then every, you know what happens? You know what the rest of the people standing around start to do? They start clapping. They're like, yeah, good job. That's good stuff. Keep doing it. Or sometimes they'll start cussing at you and other people standing by will start laughing because that's what they want to do. But, you know, they just feel like they have too much class to do it. But some knucklehead in the group always hardly any semblance of class, so they'll start doing it. And then they get encouraged by the other people standing around. This is the These are the precursors to martyrdom. And so when it actually does come time for you to die... And you get, you know, sometimes you might get stoned to death. Sometimes you might get shot. Sometimes you might get beat up. Sometimes you just might get run out of town. It's to the applause of the people watching. And it's they're not clapping because you died nobly because, you know, the, the term noble will be so far gone from everybody's mind. It, when you die, it will be because people are happy that you are dead. They want you dead. And it will be around people who, uh, and, and you know, fellow Americans, who you thought you had a connection with. But by the time that you know you're dead and dying, you're looking around at these people watching and clapping for you. You're going to realize you had no connection with these people at all. And, the, and a lot of times, it's historically speaking, it's their next door neighbors. The point I'm trying to make with this podcast is we need to, you know, as America is going down the drain, we need to get our heads on straight concerning martyrdom. It is not something to be desired. It is not something to be looked forward to. It's not a good thing. Now, it is a good thing objectively to die for what you believe in. 
that is objectively a good thing, but it is not a romantic thing. It is not something that can be done with your head held high. It is not a noble thing in the eyes of the people watching. It is a noble thing in the sight of God, that's for sure. And if there are any true Christians there, they will venerate you. But for the, uh, you know, it, we got to get rid of this idea that we're romanticizing martyrdom as it sh- like should be casually viewed or maybe like a, a good option. We should avoid martyrdom at all costs. We need to be setting up a society that, that does not encourage martyrdom. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. You got to understand that when you die in a pagan society, uh, the person killing you is Harry Potter and you are Lord Voldemort. When you are executed, um, the person killing you is Frodo and you are the one ring. You know, you know they they are Luke Skywalker, and you are the Emperor. They rep you rep to them represent everything that is evil. So there will be applause at your death. They will be looking at you, celebrating your demise. That's truly what martyrdom has historically has been. It's not this great and noble thing where everyone's affected by your death. It's just not how it's going to be. This is a dangerous belief. It's in it is a dangerous belief because it gives people the wrong impression of the death of the Lord's saints. Precious in the Lord's sight are the de- is, are the deaths of his saints, right? It need to be precious in our eyes too. And when we romanticize it, it doesn't become as precious anymore. It comes it becomes like a calling. Some people treat it like a calling, like, yeah, I'm meant to die for the Christian religion or, or what, what have you. Let me read for you a passage from uh, Amos. There's one hardly anyone ever quotes, right? Hang around Martin Celebrity for five minutes. You'll get like the whole book. Uh, Amos chapter 5, uh, verses 18. It says, Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord... Um, historically meaning a day of judgment. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light, as if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light and gloom with no brightness in it? This is the same for martyrdom. When you die in service of the Lord, there it's darkness and there is no light. We should not be romanticizing this thing. It's the same problem with people who desire persecution in this nation. The people casually talk about persecution. They they talk about, oh, yeah, what we need around here is some good old-fashioned persecution. My dad did a um, presentation about this a few months ago for the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society. If we just had persecution, that would set things right. And here's Amos saying, don't. You do not want this. People romanticizing persecution. You do not want persecution. I'm going to read that passage again from Amos chapter 5. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light, as if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him, or went into the house and leaned against the wall, and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light and gloom with no brightness in it? The day of the Lord includes martyrdom for many 
of his saints. We should not desire this. We should not look forward to this. This is not a good thing. We should avoid this and live and act in a way in a society to change society and change our culture, engage the culture in such a way that our children are not being put to death for what they believe in or us or anybody. We need to get to work in society right now with long-term plans, looking ahead to the future, not limiting the gospel to personal salvation, but to cultural salvation, to government salvation, to church salvation. The gospel affects each one of these spheres. We have limited it to self-government, but the gospel actually affects church government, civil government, and business government. By denying these kinds of things, we invite the day of the Lord and therefore martyrdom. We should not be doing this. We need to start thinking about our children and our children's children, engage the society with the gospel, the full orb gospel, which is the full counsel of God, includes the law, includes the law of God. That's why I'm so big on the law, about on the law on this podcast. We need to be engaging society and living in a way that our children inherit a society from us that celebrates Christianity rather than punishes it. Be strong and courageous, my friends. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.